Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to SpursCast, episode 650. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the SpursCast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer and editor, Stephen Michael. In this episode, Stephen and I will look back at the Spurs' last four games, Doug McDermott um, expected to miss the rest of the season, and Keldon Johnson's improved scoring. Uh, however, before we do begin this episode, we do want to address something um, here on the Spurs cast. Um, for, for Spurs cast listeners, you all know who Michael DeLeon is. He's the person. He's the person. He's the reason why we even have this podcast. You know, the Spurs cast would never have been started had Mike, had Mike never you know picked up a mic and started recording and, and doing the first ever Spurs cast episode. He was the original founder of Project Spurs uh, of this episode. So if you all know Michael DeLeon and if you follow him on Twitter, you know that um, unfortunately right now he's going through through a tough time. Um, he he was recently diagnosed with cancer. And um, he, he had put on, on Twitter a few a few a few um, weeks ago that uh, that he's undergoing chemotherapy. And so, uh, you know, Mike, you know, we're just sending up. We want you to keep fighting, man. Keep keep stay strong out there. Stephen and I, the whole Project Spurs family, we're all praying for you. We're all pulling for you. So, you know, keep fighting. Just keep fighting that battle. And Spurs cast listeners, if you all can send your thoughts and prayers as well for Mike, um, to, you know, just keep him in that in that fight and keep him keep him going very strong. You know, we, we definitely want him. We want to hear his voice here on the Spurs cast. Uh, again again soon so so yes mike we want you to make a full healthy recovery and, and yeah man we're, we're all pulling for you uh steven do you have any words before we move uh before we, we move on to the episode yeah so first paul thanks for having me back on i appreciate it. it's going to be back and yeah just to reiterate what you said you know uh mike is the reason why you I, all of us are here to begin with and i mean it's it's a tough situation seeing him go through this but yeah, as you said, I know my prayers and my thoughts are with him as well as yours and everyone who has his ever been in contact with him will be praying for him. So yeah, Mike, you get back here. We want to you know, get get you back on the podcast. We we got a joke about the Cowboys, man, because <laughs> while you're away, man, they got to wait up Amari Cooper. I know we have to talk about that. So I mean, we we got we got a lot to talk about, Mike. So yeah, just get get strong. You know, stay strong and, and fight this. You fight the good fight and come back to us and. Uh, We'll, we'll talk some Spurs. Maybe, maybe the Spurs will have a top five pick when you get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So again, uh, again, Spurs cast listeners, if you all can, please, if, if you're if you're if you're the praying kind, if you're the, just send your, your positive thoughts to Mike, please. We really want him uh, to re- to make a full recovery and get and get back to us and, and working with us again. 
uh, as he's dealing with this very, very unfortunate situation. All right, Stephen. Um, you know we do have to. Uh, you know this is the reason why Mike started this podcast is to talk about yeah. the Spurs basketball. So let's 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 <laughs> keep him going uh, with with uh, you know doing what what he what he has is doing for for us uh, working with him. Uh, so so let's first begin, Stephen, with how the Spurs are doing. Topic one: um, How are the Spurs doing in the last game since I last recorded an episode last week? Uh, the Spurs went two and two last week. Uh, I mean, this past week since I last recorded a Spurs cast episode, uh, they got they got a big win on Friday last week. Mm-hmm. And, and I do want to note, Stephen and I are recording this on a Thursday evening. The Spurs defeated the Utah Jazz by two points. I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it was because this was the historic win where the Spurs uh, uh, got Coach Pop his 1,336 win of his career, which makes him the all-time most winning regular season coach. Uh, and what's interesting about this game is that the Jazz were favored in this game. You know, they had most of their players back except for maybe um, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. And the Spurs fell behind by 15 points, and yet they still made that fourth quarter comeback. And what's notable, this is just so weird with the Jazz and the Spurs. The Spurs are now 2-28 and when falling behind by 15 this season. And both wins <laughs> were against the Jazz. So for some reason, the Jazz just allow San Antonio to make these weird 15-point comebacks that no other team lets happen. But again, that was a huge win for Coach Pop. It was actually really fun to, to be in the building. I was there that night covering the game. And it, it almost felt like a playoff-type crowd. It, it was that that intense, that 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 fun there uh, toward the end of the game. And I haven't felt a game like that like that you know, all year. Um, so it was a really cool environment to be in. Uh, then on Saturday, the Spurs did fall to the Indiana Pacers by 11. This one was weird because the Spurs were favored in this game. And I, I didn't think they should have been favored considering they were missing um, DeJounte Murray, uh, Keldon Johnson, and Jakob Pertl. The Pacers had a lot of their, their new players. Uh, so, so Indiana kind of ran away with this game. They led by 19, and the, and the Spurs can never kind of get really close to them. Uh, then on Monday, the Spurs, um, you know, they made a lot of highlights, not on their end for a good reason, but they made some highlights because... Uh, they lost by 10 to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The, the Wolves were favored, so they were supposed to win this game. But it was because of Carl Anthony Towns. He comes into the AT&T Center, and he dropped 60 points on San Antonio. Um, and he had a 32-point third quarter. It was just, you know, Cat was just scoring from anywhere and everywhere on, on this night. Uh, and the Spurs, you know, the Spurs competitively, you know, they fell behind by 17. They could never get it to crunch time. So so the Wolves um, did did walk away with the victory there. They Again, they were supposed to win that one according to Vegas. And then lastly... The Spurs made a a two point win against OKC. Very very interesting. Uh, they were favored in this game. OKC was missing like seven players from what I saw in the injury report. Uh, San Antonio looked like they were going to run away with this game. They went up by sixteen points, but nope. OKC made it uh, made it uh, back to a very close game in the final seconds. And it was Lonnie Walker the fourth who who had a clutch three pointer that he says had to be improvised because the original play that Coach Pop drew up was for Dejounte Murray to get the shot. And instead, um, you know, things the OKC kind of sniffed it out. And they ended up, um, you know, covering Murray pretty well. So then Lonnie ends up with that shot. And he said, you know, once he knew he was going to catch it, he was going to have to take that shot. And so sure enough, he, he did uh, take it and he made it. And the Spurs held on for a two-point win against um, OKC. So, um, Stephen, I know that's a lot of information there. What are your thoughts on these last four games? Yeah, so let's start with the Utah game. And you're right. It is special because they got the game with the Jazz. And it, Pop got his magic, you know, number to, to clinch the all-time wins. Uh, he had already playoff all-time wins but regular season and combined he would have had the record regardless but this puts him at the top of the top of everybody and congrats to coach pop man he deserves it i'm glad mm-hmm. you were there covering it paul and i mean it was a, a great game to see what made it so special though is the way it happened i i mean it would have been special regardless of if it would have been a 20 point victory or, or a close game like it was but it's the way they did it the spurs were down um, double digits as you mentioned and as you also said they, they're not very good in coming back and winning when they're down double digits this season. So the fact that they did it and did it at home with all the fans at the AT&T Center, the Spurs just showed like, you know, 
they did it for Pop, obviously, and you can tell how bad these guys wanted it for him. But I think it also shows another aspect in that the, how much this team has grown this season. To do it against a Utah team that is a playoff contending team, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, at the time of when this game was played last week, I think Utah was four in the number four in the West. Yeah, I think they were. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to do it against a top five team in the West, the Spurs. Let's be real. They're rebuilding at this point. They're, yeah, yeah. They're, and I know Coach Pops is on the record of saying that, that they're a rebuilding yeah, team. Right now. Yeah, they're a rebuilding team. They're a team that is young. They traded away, uh, as we all know, Derek White in the middle of the season. we got Josh Richardson. And they're making moves to rebuild for the future. And I think this is a stepping stone in that direction. So to do that and to, to, against a, a old rival <laughs> uh, like Utah made it even better. And you mentioned, oh, uh, all those two wins – uh, coming off in double digits were against Utah. Maybe Quinn Snyder just has a soft spot because he used to coach the Austin Spurs. I'm not sure, but I mean, like, you know, <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for that, Quinn. But uh, and then the next night you mentioned Indiana. I think I I agree with you in saying, you know, the Spurs should not have been favored. Um, and I say that not as a, you know, as a hater, but I'm saying it as, I mean, let's be real. The team just played a close game the night before. Mm-hmm. You're without your best player, DeJounte Murray. And I think, I, I think Jakob even missed that game too. If yeah, I'm not he did. Mistaken. And, and yeah. Kelden. Yeah. They're yeah, top three so players had, at this point. Yeah. Your top three players out, your quote, your quote unquote, your big three, if you're going off of that. Um, so, I mean, I expected an Indiana win. I was not, I'm not going, oh, the Spurs are going to ride the momentum of the Utah win. No, I expected them to lose. Um, and then, <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns, man. I mean, the guy is an animal. It's, he show he is showing why Minnesota is in the position they're in this season, mm-hmm. and it's because of him. I mean, the, uh, first of all, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, I love Carl Anthony Towns, but I love those highlighter green Minnesota uniforms even yeah. better. I was like, <laughs> like those are sweet. I've, I've been waiting for Minnesota to play here to play, have it in those uniforms, and those are just sweet. I was like, I, I like that color. Uh, but no, he did well. Props to him. And Pop said after the game, like the guy's a beast. He couldn't be stopped. And, and he actually set an AT&T center record for most points scored, beating out Kyrie Irving, who had 57 against the Spurs a couple of years ago, or a few, uh, a couple of years back. So, and then um, they also uh, defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder and uh, Lonnie Walker's game winner. And I mean, again, Lonnie's had a tough season. I mean, I, I don't think you will disagree with that. He's had a season that's, been up and down um it's had some fans questioning you know what his future with the team will be but Lonnie I think has these moments like he had on Wednesday to where he will come up in the clutch and and have games where he needs to be and I think the biggest thing with Lonnie is his consistency and he's very inconsistent as a player Um, he needs to get that consistency going and I think Hopefully this is the start these last this last month or so of the season we can start to see mm-hmm. that consistency from him. But overall, Paul, two and two. Um, I honestly expected them to do worse. So I mean, two and two. I'll, I'll take two and two. Yeah, no, and you had a great point about Lonnie. You know, he's and he's been talking about he's been having some really good games ever since pretty much ever since the trade deadline. And so, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, that's a good that's a good signal for him that maybe because he's really the anchor now in that second unit. They're expecting a lot from him, and he's starting to show that night from night being a lot, a lot more consistent. That's been his big issue all year. Uh, and then, of course, we know that you know free agency is coming up for him. He can be a restricted free agent, so this is a this is his time to show up to to show his best that he can do right now with these final um these final few games left. All right, so um you know just just like Stephen said, you know according to Vegas, the Spurs were supposed to go two and two. They they did go two and two, so they kind of did what they were supposed to do. Uh, where are they right now? As Stephen and I record on a Thursday, they are twenty seven and forty three overall. They have moved up to eleventh, passing Portland who, uh, from twelfth to eleventh now. 
the Spurs. They're getting closer to that playing game. They're now one and a half games behind the Pelicans, and they have a big Friday showdown coming up against New Orleans. So this is, could be a good, a big game in terms of determining um, a lottery seating down the road here. Not lottery, but playing seating down the road here. And then also the Lakers are spiraling still. So now the Spurs are just two and a half games from from the Lakers out ninth. So again, there's there's a, there's still a really good chance for San Antonio to um, get get in front of the, the Pelicans and, or or Lakers. Um, you know, winning games though, unfortunately for the Spurs, does uh, you know uh, make their their lottery odds worse because now they've gone from the seventh worst record to the eighth worst record. And so, what does that mean? That means if you're the eighth worst record at the end of the year, you have a 26 percent chance at a top four pick and a six percent chance at number one. And so, what is the difference between seventh and eighth? That means uh, that, that that's a that's a that's a six percent difference for a top four pick and a one and a half percent difference for the number one. And, and I think. Uh, Colin Reed, really uh, one of our writers for Project Spurs, if you follow him on Twitter, he had a pretty good thread the other day about how like it's kind of hard for the Spurs to get to even catch it, like, somebody like OKC, who I think is like sixth or fifth, that they're just so far away. I, I just don't know if they're if they would even if they tried to purposely tank. I don't think they could do it even catch uh, that that specific team. So so again, um, you know, the more games that the Spurs win to get closer to that playing game, well then that does unfortunately um decrease their their their, their chances of getting a, a lottery pick. Uh, and then, you know, where do they stand overall as a team? They're still 15th on offense that hasn't moved since I recorded a week ago, and they're still 19th on defense, and there are just 12 regular season games left. All right, so now let's go to uh, our second topic here, and this is, um, you know, Doug McDermott is going to be out for the rest of the season. I know it sounds like, a, you know, when you say out for the rest of the season, that sounds like, like, a, like a huge headline, but it's really just 12 games because that's all this, the team has left. So he's going to miss, I think, the last 15 games from when he first got hurt. So we know that Doug um, got hurt in that game. I think it was uh, it was right before the Utah game. Uh, and so... Uh, on Wednesday, Coach Pop was um, speaking with the media, and he, you know, he told us at first he, th- you know, he goes McDermott's going to be out a while, but then the team actually um, later on told us that McDermott will is expected to miss the remainder of the season with a grade three right ankle sprain. They have noted that he that Doug's began his rehab training for that ankle injury. So you know, let's just talk Stephen a little bit about um, you know how, how Doug's season went this year in his first year as a Spur, and then also um, the player who's kind of who's going to kind of fill in for him uh, in these last twelve games. So so first of all, on, on Doug. Uh, he played in 51 games total this season. He dealt with a lot of injuries um, throughout the year, and also you know, he, he was one of the players who got COVID at one point as well, who, who had to miss games. Uh, he, he he averaged for the year 24 minutes a game. He scored 11.3 points per game as a starter, 1.3 assists, a 0.8 turnover. So he was really good about ca- taking care of the ball. Um, you know, really, he's he's one of the most efficient shooters on the team. I mean, he was pretty much money from everywhere on the court except the mid range, which is barely under fifty percent, and then also the floater range was his only shot that he kind of had trouble with. Which, but that's not a shot he takes a lot. Um, forty four percent of his shots came from above the break three, so we know that he's a three point shooter. But he had that little sneaky back cut where he he was he was really good about about getting into the paint because that's where thirty seven percent of his shots came from. So he was pretty good about really um uh using the defenses um. When they're not paying attention to him, when he's kind of slipping behind those back screens and things like that, and making those cuts, and Jakob Pertl found him a lot of times, or Dejounte Murray, or someone like that. So, so he's really good about about getting into the paint uh, off those like sneaky back back cut layups. Uh, and then eleven percent of his other shots come from the three. So those are just top three um, shooting areas. Uh, defenses did not leave him open much. You know, they're very scared of him as a three point shooter. Just thirty eight percent of his threes were attempted wide open, and, and if he did get those wide open threes. Uh, he made him like the, he was really good at those those wide open threes. Um, maybe something he could experiment with next season is um, maybe taking more pull up threes because he actually shot well on those pull up threes, but he had a very small sample size. Just seventeen percent of his attempts came from the pull up three. 
uh, financially. We know that he's under contract for $13.7 million next season and then the season after. So the Spurs still have him on the books for two more years. And then this year, you know, in his first year as a Spur, he played as he played at the four. He was their starting four for the team. Uh, he, the Spurs are were finished the year if this is if this was his final games uh, a plus zero point three points per one hundred with him on the floor according to Clean the Glass. So Stephen, what are your thoughts on on McDermott's um um first year as a Spur, considering he's probably going to miss the rest of the season? College basketball fans join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. They win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round? And... Who will hit the most three-pointers? Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, I mean, Doug had a season well first of all anytime and it's not just Doug but anytime at the Spurs sign someone in the offseason I wonder will that their game transition from their old team to the Spurs and with Doug I think it did exactly that it did exactly what he needed mm-hmm. to do he had a very good season um one of, the, one of the bright spots for the Spurs this season has been Doug McDermott's play um a very dangerous three-point shooter and, and we all know you and I talk about it all the time this is a three-point shooting league now you got to make threes to win games and mm-hmm. Doug is a very, very good three-point shooter for the Spurs. Um, yeah, uh, his average, I think, is about what I expected. Um, you know, 11.3 points per game, uh, 1.3 assists. I'm, I'm looking at the points per game, if I'm being honest here, more than the assists. But, um, yeah, he's done very well. 44%, um, you know, shots above the break from three, 37% in the paint, uh, 11% corner three. I mean, all those are really what I expected. And defenses, as you said, um, did not leave him open much to to really hit what he needs to hit because he's that's how just dangerous he is. And I mean, Doug had a very good season. Um, <laughs> you you were talking earlier uh, before going into the McDermott topic. You were like, well, you know, if the Spurs want to lose some games, you know, uh, to, to improve their odds, I'm thinking, well, Doug's Doug missing some games might just might have uh, something to do with that because you know, we've seen the Spurs when they just get you know creamed by the opponent in three points percentage, uh, they get blown away. So, um, and I think pop even said it on Wednesday after the Oklahoma game, he's like, you know, three point shooting saved us, uh, from yeah. in, in mm-hmm. this game. So, uh, that tells you a lot right there. Doug McDermott, your best, arguably your best three point shooter on the team is not going to be there. Um, and we're, I know we're going to talk about Josh Richardson in just a second. Um, but it's, it's a big hole. Um, I'm not sure how big it is with, uh, what, what is it, 12 games left in the season now? Yeah, so, just 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm not sure how big of a hole it is. But, I mean, it, it, his his uh, absence will be missed. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing how he improves next season. And thankfully, his ankle injury is not severe or needs yeah. surgery, thankfully. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's why. That's why they they wouldn't even they couldn't even roll him out for the season yet. That's why they say that he's expected to miss the season because they don't want to exactly say that he's out for the rest of the year. Right. Um. And yeah. And then uh, you know, if if you all notice, I didn't mention any defensive stats, and that's because you know that's not that's not his strong suit on the court. There, a lot of his numbers, um, you know, didn't didn't um, mm-hmm. you know, outshine his teammates in, in any, a lot of the, any of the defensive metrics. So so we know that he's mainly there for his offense to space the floor for you to make those back cuts, like I mentioned, just kind of keep you as one of the like you said, Stephen. You need three point shooting in this league, and so that's that's exactly why they signed McDermott. Uh, and again, they do have him on the on the books now for the next two seasons. Yeah, right, I think so, one, one thing to right? add to that real quick is that I mean, one thing I think you, and you I think you made this uh, point as well last time we talked was the Spurs want McDermott to be in the long term plans because um, you know the way the way his contract was constructed in the off season. So I think him, you know, obviously Jakob's here, uh, his contract is extended or is extended. Uh, you know, Dejounte Murray. I mean, Teldon. I mean, I think those would be your main pieces for the Spurs team as they build for the future. Yeah, no, that's a that's a pretty good point right there. And then, um, you know, kind of what you said earlier, Stephen. Um, you know, the player who's kind of been filling in ever since McDermott got hurt was uh, is Josh Richardson. He's now been put in the starting lineup. So the Spurs are actually playing a lot smaller to start the games. They've actually have just one central big in, in Jakob. And I, and I know Doug's not a traditional big either. He's only like six eight, six nine. But again, he still has more height than Josh Richardson. So so um, you know, Richardson's been playing pretty well here in the starting lineup. Um, he's averaging um. Uh, for for the, for the season, uh, yeah, I mean not this season for the, for his last ten games with the Spurs that he's been a Spur, eight points per game, uh, forty six percent shooting from three in ten games, uh, overall. So and then and I think it's in his last three games or last four games that uh, he's averaging eleven and a half points per game when ever since McDermott got hurt and then thirty two percent shooting from three. That's so that's kind of dropped off a bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you're gonna have those issues. Kind of we've seen it with these scoring nets for the other teams where now that you're playing like pretty much four guards uh, alongside Jakob. The teams are getting a little bit, you know, they're getting to the foul line a little bit more. They're they're still getting a lot more threes and making those pretty well. Uh, surprisingly, the paint scoring is not increased for the deep on defense for the Spurs. So I've been really surprised by that. The Spurs are starting to shoot the ball better because you know you still have another three point shooter in Josh Richardson. You know they they still at least kept that with after losing McDermott. And so so it, it's just kind of interesting to, to watch the you know I, I do want to look at the data what it looks like after um you know when we look at the period of when McDermott first got hurt up until the end of the season and see you know what what difference did um Richardson have on this team right now it's a little early to tell what are your thoughts Stephen on on Richardson now starting I really like Josh Richardson's game um I honestly didn't know much about him before he got to San Antonio but seeing him with the Spurs I was like I like this guy's game he is um you know, I was I saw him whenever um, the Spurs won that game for Pop. And you see Richardson coming and jumping around and celebrating. And he's only been here about a, at this point about a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, that just shows right there what it's kind of teammate he is. Uh, he, he wants to fit in. He seems like he fits in right away with the, with this group. And I don't know what's going to happen to him following the season, but I would love to see him return to the Spurs because, I mean, he has a very nice game. He um, gets in the paint. He can hit threes. Um, he's, uh, I think he's one of the pieces that you, that Derek White could, should have been, but I mean, you know, this as well as I do with his injuries and with Derek's issues injury wise, and he could never really be healthy. I think Josh Richardson is that player that the Spurs kind of wanted Derek White to be. And I think if the Spurs can keep Richardson, um, that could be another weapon that the Spurs can use in the future. But I mean, of course, Josh Richardson. I think personally, my just personal opinion, I have no insight in knowledge or anything. I think he would probably just want to go to a championship level team to try to get a title. But who knows? Maybe he'll stay in San Antonio. Yeah, well, I mean, they do have him under contract next season. I think he's making like twelve million. So, so he's definitely unless he gets traded, of course, right. he's supposed to be back on the team along with with Doug. And just uh, you know, what I would note too is that you know. 
he he makes like those like at, at, like you mentioned Stephen the, the game with with uh, where Pop broke the record. He almost makes like some some really impactful plays in very key moments. Um, very uh, there's there's specific plays on on defense that that he'll make, and that's something that they had kind of lost with with Derek being gone. But but mm-hmm. Richardson made made some 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 interesting plays. Uh, you know, one thing he doesn't do that that Derek used to do is he is he's a, is he can't drive the ball like like Derek and kind of uh, pick apart a defense. Whereas that was kind of what, what now it's all on Dejounte. Richardson's more so like a spot up kind of guy as well. But again, you know, I do want to see like I said, uh, once the season's over here in a few weeks, I want to see what the data looks like from when Richardson uh, got that final start and how the team did. Uh, on, on different areas of the court. So again, we'll kind of see, um, you know, how Richardson does with with this the Spurs team. And then for mm-hmm. our final topic, uh, let's just uh, discuss Keldon Johnson's increase in scoring from before the trade deadline to after the trade deadline. So so that's kind of what I wanted to see is you know now that Derek's gone, a, a member who is in the starting lineup, a, a, a player who had a, a you know a big role on the team, a lot of responsibility. I wanted to see, um, you know, because we've definitely seen Keldon's scoring numbers go up, up, up mm-hmm. uh, uh, for for sure. I mean, he has the he now has the two highest scoring. Uh, individual games this season for any San Antonio player. He had a 33.9, a career high. Then he recently had a 34.9 in that game against um, the Timberwolves. So, so again, Keldon's kind of taking the scoring up um, a notch here. Um, so let's first talk about uh, some different metrics here. Um, so before the, before the trade deadline, uh, Keldon played in 51 games, averaging 31 minutes, um, 15.4 points uh, on 12 and a half shots, 4.4 three pointers, uh, 2.7 assists, 1.8 assists. I mean, 2.7 free throws and 1.8 assists and 1.3 turnovers. So what I've done is I've kind of looked at before and after, and I just want to note what, what I've seen. So some major changes in, I'm not going to go through all the stats here. So his, his minutes have increased by about, by about two, maybe uh, his scoring has definitely increased 15 points to now 20 points a game. Uh, his shots, he's getting more shots. He's getting about three more shots. His threes have gone up significantly 4.4 to now seven, three point shot, uh, shots a game. Uh, his free throws, he's getting a little bit more to the free throw line. He's, he's, he's increases assists by a little bit. And also his turnovers have decreased, so he's actually taking care of the ball better. Um, his 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 shooting overall has has increased by about a one percent. His three point shooting has declined by about five percent, and then his free throw shooting has increased by almost eleven um, percent. Uh, and so let's talk about where his shots are coming from before and after. So fifty seven percent of his shots come in the paint, Keldon, and before the, the the trade deadline, he was taking those non-restricted floater area shots more so when he got into the paint. He was taking 29% of those shots from that, that non-floater area, which is a very inefficient area. It's a tough area to make shots at. And only 28% were coming from the restricted area, the closest area to the basket. Now we've seen a reversal here in these in these last um, in, in these games ever since the trade deadline. He's now taking 49% of his shots in the paint. So that's the, the main area where he shoots from. But 30% of his shots are now in the restricted area, the closest area to the basket. And 19% are from that floater range, that very inaccurate area that you don't want to shoot from. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his, like I mentioned earlier, his three-point shot, uh, his above-the-break threes have increased. His corner threes have dropped off just by 1%. So before the trade deadline, he was an efficient shooter from the above-the-break three, the corner three, the restricted area, and the wide-open three. Now post-trade deadline, he's, he's actually being um, more efficient in the paint. He's still a good three-point shooter from above-the-break three and, and um, corner three. And then lastly, um, you know, he, he, he's he, before the trade deadline, he was struggling on the mid-ranger uh, and then also kind of in the paint and also from that pull-up three. Post-trade deadline, he's still struggling from the mid-range, and that's okay because he doesn't take a lot of shots from there. Uh, his wide-open three is, has, 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 has dropped his accuracy and also his pull-up three. He still doesn't have that shot that, he's, that he has as a strength. But one interesting thing I found was that there's two ways to read this. Either defenses are now scared of him and, and scared to leave him open or – the Spurs are missing Derek White's ball handling and shot creation because he, here's the stat that, that tells me that the, one of these two stories. Uh, before the trade deadline, 55% of Keldon's threes were attempted wide open. So again, that's over half his threes were shot wide open. Post-trade deadline, 
just 31% of threes were, are take are being taken wide open. So again, you could argue it's defense is now scared of him. They don't want to let, leave him open or it's that it's only on DeJounte's shoulders to carry in and create, a, uh, to get Kelton any kind of shots with that starting group. And so he really doesn't have anyone there to help um, open space for him or open shots for him like Derek used to. And then lastly, the reason why I say that um, about the Derek point is because his drive surprisingly, I was really surprised to see this. His drives have actually decreased. He went from 7.7 drives a game with Derek there next to him to now 7.6. So actually less, even though Derek's gone and there's more opportunity for him to drive the ball. Uh, he has seen a, a 1% increase in his drive uh, field goal percentage and um, and his passing percentage has gone up a little bit and also his assist percentage. So I know it's a lot of uh, information there, Stephen, and data. But, uh, and, you know, I really wish Spurs, sometimes I wish the Spurs cast could just be a video because it's a bit more perfect. So I apologize, Spurs cast listeners, for all those numbers. But, Stephen, what are your thoughts? Just, again, I try to I try to uh, use my, provide the analysis as best as I could, um, considering it's a lot of data. What are your, what are your thoughts on, on these different these two different time frames for Kelton? Well, first of all, maybe the Spurs cast can turn into a video format in the future. You never know. Technology is evolving. <laughs> but I mean, and the answer to your question, uh, it could be one of two things. The answer is yes, because honestly, I think it's both. Because I do believe that defenses are more scared of leaving Kelvin open from three because he mm-hmm. is hitting it much more consistently. Um, he, as you, I think we all know what he's going to be working on. Whenever uh, the off season comes, he's going to be working on that mid range more than likely to make him even more dangerous. But mm-hmm. I think that you're right. The Spurs are missing a player that can drive other than, than DeJounte because when DeJounte sits, I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't find a player that will drive like that. Yeah, uh, it, 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 the drive stat is very key because if you don't have a guy who's who's driving over 10 times against the defense, he's not really penetrating it and you're really <laughs> you know, creating for others. And Derek at least used to do that. And it was DeJounte number one and then Derek number two. And even like, yes, I know Lonnie's kind of impacted. I mean, he's kind of increased his play, but even Lonnie doesn't get over 10 drives right now, nor does Kelton, nor does Devin Vassell. A lot of these guys, even Trey Jones, like that. that I think you have a good point there. Keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't find a player that dro- that drove the paint like Derek White did when he was in San Antonio, or now he's in Boston doing the same thing. Um, or that other than Murray and Murray is, I mean, let's be honest, Murray is the Spurs best player right now. I mean, I think everyone listening will agree to that, but you're looking for that number two. And I think if Keldon Johnson is going to take that quote unquote next step that we all talk about, I think that that is his next step. Maybe he can be that player for San Antonio that will be driving the paint, you know, and kind of like kicking it out to wings or, or to mm-hmm. I mean, open McDermott or an open Jock Richardson or whoever um, in next season because the Spurs desperately need to find that next player that is going to be a drive to the paint type of player, an aggressive player because you're, you're missing that. You're right. Lonnie has increased his play. He, he does drive to the paint. Keldon drives to the paint sometimes, but not as often as Derek White did. And when the Spurs are missing a player like that, I mean, I will say the Spurs have improved, I think, since that trade, but they've also gotten worse in some aspects. And you pointed that out right now in those stats because, you know, Kelvin Johnson has improved. I mean, don't get me wrong. The guy has improved a a heck of amount uh, from a year ago, but he still has some work to do. And right now, I think if you're Brian Wright and Greg Popovich – and I mean, I know we're not going to talk on the agenda about the, you know, those rumors that are out there about Pop returning for another season or the other stuff right now. But if Pop does return for another season and you have Brian Wright as GM, I think that is the Spurs' next goal is to find that player to accompany DeJounte Murray to be that next quote unquote go to 
uh, paint driver because that's something the Spurs desperately need. And I, I don't know if Kelvin's that guy, though. That's a good. That's a good question. Yeah, we'll definitely dig in, into that in the off season whenever um, you know that time comes. And that's why that makes me think about two, two, um, two things like or, or three things actually. Like one mm-hmm. could be the draft. You know, maybe they, they target a player who's like you know a more a, a ball handling guard who can kind of create uh, for himself or others. Maybe they target someone in free agency that they have in mind because they're going to have a lot of cap space. Or maybe um, you know maybe like you said maybe they just look internally. Maybe they look at someone like Josh Primo who has shown yeah. some signs of being able to break down a defense. Maybe maybe it's Kelton. Maybe that's his task this offseason is they want him to become more of a playmaker or Devin Vassell, uh, yeah. one of those younger players. Or maybe even resigning Lonnie and giving him a bigger role next year. So again, there's all these different ways of looking at that. And I think that's a good point, Steve, that, that you brought up there. All right, so Spurs Cast listeners, before we finish up this episode, make sure uh, to visit ProjectSpurs.com. Steven uh, continues to keep you updated with his game by game analysis uh, after each Spurs game. Uh, Benjamin Bornstein continues to get ready for the draft uh, with the Prospect Watch series coming up. Uh, um, you know, he continues to write on the prospects, and we know that those prospects right now, a lot of them are in March Madness, so it's it's a big time for for those uh, college players to you know be in, be in the limelight here and on, on, under pressure to to have their best performances that they can. Uh, oh, Ben's their, loving their, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure <laughs> to to keep their teams going. And also the NBA recently, um, I, I don't remember the dates, but but it's basically um, if the Spurs don't make the playoffs, they're going to have about a month off. And then I think it's uh, April 17th. No, no, uh, May 17th. I, guess, I think it's a lottery. So they've actually given us the lottery date and also the draft date. It's in, it's in June. So so again, uh, if the Spurs' season ends, um, you know, it's, you, there's there's a lot of time to catch up on some college basketball and see, see how, the, how the college um, players have been have been playing, especially since, like, like we've talked about here on the Spurs cast, the Spurs are projected to have three first-round picks uh, in this coming draft. Uh, also, you know, when, once the f- season officially ends, like I mentioned in the last episode, I will be uh, releasing the Project Spurs draft board. Um, that's going to be coming soon. And um, so, again, that's something to look forward to. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Spurs Cast. And to Joe Garcia for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.